Amen. Help me to focus, Lord. All right, turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'm going to try to restrain myself this morning and stay on target. I, I can't promise you that I will because we're going to talk about the gospel. And there's, if you don't understand the gospel or, or your understanding of the gospel is off, your faith will, will be off. As much as you don't understand the gospel, I want to talk about the gospel this morning. I had a word the Lord gave me for somebody when I was praying this week, and I know it's for everybody, and I'm going to use the word that He gave me before the sermon here. God is giving you permission to be happy. I'll say that again. Somebody here, you're carrying a burden, and I hope the message today helps you in this. God is giving you, now I know some will say, well, you mean joy, Brad. Well, the Lord told me happy. I'm going to say happy. He said happy. God is giving you permission this week to be happy. He's giving you permission to throw your burdens over on Jesus. He's giving you permission to have joy in your life. You don't have to carry your sorrow. You don't have to carry the burden. God wants you today to lay down your sorrows at the cross. He is giving you his permission to be happy. And he's asking you, do you want to be happy? You can throw joy in there if you have to. You, do you want joy? Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. It is the inheritance of every believer. God does not want you beat down. He does not want you depressed. He does not want you oppressed. There's words in the Scripture that say, you shall be far from oppression. That's God's will for you. So I don't know who that's for. Maybe it's for a lot of you. God's giving you permission to be happy, to have joy in your life. Turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'm reading from the ESV. It has big print, and that's why I'm using it. I like to study from the New King James a lot, but I'm reading from the ESV. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And I want you to focus on that word believes. Just lock in today on that word believe. It's going to become so important to us. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for in it, that means in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. It's uncovered. It's manifested. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith or faith for faith, or I like this translation, from faith to faith. Faith to faith. And without getting too stuck on that thought right now, brothers and sisters, we get into God's grace, into this glorious gospel at the very beginning by faith. And the way we continue our walk with God is by that same faith. If you don't remember anything else today, Brother Drew, remember it's you started in faith, you're going to walk in faith, and you're going to continue in faith. Your faith is important. Faith in the gospel. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Our very lives, everything about our lives as Christians, we do it by faith. Now, what is this gospel? And I'm not going to turn there. I got a lot of scriptures and I can't read them all because I'm going to read some in depth. But in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 15, in verses 1 through 8, Paul tells you the gospel is rooted in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember that. Everything God did for you. God is not going to do one more thing for you that he has not already done in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. He doesn't need to. Everything he needed to do for you, he accomplished that when Jesus died on the cross. And Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose from the dead. So much so, and write this down, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul's constant prayer, and I've been praying it for this church every day this week, and many of you I mention by name every day, he's praying that they will get an understanding of the inheritance they have by what Jesus did for you at the cross, that your eyes would be opened, that you would have an understanding of the power that's available to you right now when you believe, right now, the power available and the authority because you've been raised up and seated. He's praying that they'd have an illumination, that they'd be enlightened to know what Jesus did for them in his death, burial, and resurrection. If you'll flip over to Romans chapter 3, I'm going to read here in depth a little bit. I am going to take my time. I'm going to take the chance that some of you may fall asleep. I'm going to read so much. There are two kinds of righteousness. And I hope, I want you to remember everything I'm saying. I mean, this is a lot. You can get the uh, podcast or the YouTube later. But I want you to remember this because I've been studying this topic, I mean, since I was 26 years old. And I'm still running after it. I'm still hungry. When I go in the Bible and I read about the righteousness of faith, something inside of me stirs every time I read it. And I just dig in. I've always said to God, God had me, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, he had me read the book of Galatians over and over and over again. He knew I was raised in a lot of legalism and a lot of religion, and I needed to understand something about faith and the way that God's kingdom works. And to this day, I believe there's still more that I need to understand and know about this God's kind of righteousness. How about you? There are two kinds of righteousness described in the Bible, and Paul goes into detail. Let me read, and I'll expound on it. Verse 19 of chapter 3, and really, you need to read the whole book. Just, I've read this book. I read it in the ESV this week. I read it in the NIV this week. I read it in the New King James. I, I, I read like four different times certain sections. More than that, I read the, I was just in it. You need to read this and just get an understanding of the whole argument and position Paul is making in the gospel. But I'll pick up in verse 19. He says, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. Why? So that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may become accountable. I believe the King James says guilty, does it not? Or the new King James, the whole world may become guilty before God. Listen to this, it's important to you. It is important to you. Shake yourself, this is important to you. For by the works of the law, no flesh, no human being will be made right, will be justified, will be righteous in God's sight. Why, Brother Paul? Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. 
There's nothing wrong with God's law. It's perfect. It's holy. It's beautiful. In fact, when the Spirit of God gets into you, you can read the law and it'll amaze you. It'll, it'll fascinate you. You'll, you'll have something inside you that is in agreement with God's law. When we're in the flesh, we war against that law. There's something, but, but the law, he says, it brings the knowledge of sin, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. And there's a righteousness of the law, two kinds of righteousness. There's two kinds of righteousness. I want to convince you today to walk in the righteousness of faith and see your life take off with Jesus. There's the righteousness of the law. It depends on human effort. And now Paul is going to talk about the righteousness of faith. Now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, separated. It has nothing to do with the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the law talks about it, the prophets talk about it, they bear witness to it. This is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, and here it is again, for all who believe. Now, it's so simple, and Jeff, I think it's hot in here. I don't know if you can take it down a degree in here or two. Take, I don't want people falling asleep unnecessarily. <laughs> they struggle enough when I preach. I see them. I don't want to... What's that? 60 will work well. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, who all, all that believe. God has laid out a righteousness that is so simple that you cannot err from it. This righteousness is guaranteed to all who believe. Now, I, I could jump to how it works. If you'll let me, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to march you through something here, but I want to keep this simple. It is believing God that puts you right with God. Last week, we had several people come up and give their life to the Lord. And if they were not right with God before that, when they came up here and they believed the gospel, they believed the good news about Jesus, and when they decided and they confessed with their mouth that Jesus was Lord, and they believed in their heart that God raised him from the dead, right then, God looked at them and said, I'm declaring to you that you are righteous. And I want to say this, salty saints, old-time saints, they are just as righteous in God's eyes as you are. Because it is a righteousness that does not depend on what you've done. It's a righteousness that does not depend on whether you tithed. I'm a tither. My righteousness does not depend on whether I tithed. My righteousness doesn't depend if I spoke in tongues. My righteousness doesn't depend on whether I helped the poor. We're going to get to all those things. My righteousness is because I put faith in Jesus Christ. And God says, that's what I wanted all along, Brad. I'm declaring you righteous before me. It's a couple weeks ago, I felt so weak. I don't know why I was standing up here. And I said, Lord, I, I just feel so weak. I mean, you know, spirits, I just feel so weak, Lord. I, I was almost trembling up here. And I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, good. He did. He said, good. Because when you're weak, you're strong. I was all, I mean, it was like a bubble bursted off of me. I, all the pressure just poof, off of me. I said, that's right, Lord. When I'm weak, I'm strong. And I stood in that. When I'm weak, you're strong. And I stood in that. Let me go further. 
For there is no distinction of anyone in this room, for everybody in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If Paul said he was the chief of sinners, and he was talking about his past, if you look at it in context, he was the chief of sinners, how much more, you know, are we sinners? But we are made right with God. We are justified, I want you to remember this word, by His grace as a gift. It's given to you. Folks, in your walk with God, if you really get this right and you bury this in your consciousness, and I'm going to talk about obedience, I'm going to get to that, but if you bury this in your consciousness, if you lock this down, that God has given you grace as a gift and you take it now and you never walk away from that, there is nothing to stop you from abounding and growing in Jesus. I tell you, the stumbling block that has come into my life is I began believing God, and I did. I came out strong believing God, and then once I believed God, I wanted to start doing all these things for God, and I thought when I messed up, somehow God was an Indian giver, and He was taking my righteousness back from me. Anybody ever thought that? Had a bad week, God doesn't love me anymore. Has anybody ever thought that? Anybody ever walked in condemnation because maybe you and your spouse aren't getting along, or... Things are happening, sickness comes in your life, the bills are piling up. God, why are you mad at me? Why are you punishing me? Condemnation, depression rolls in, and you start analyzing your life, trying to find out what you've done wrong. The reality is, it's probably the devil coming into your life to steal the seed of the Word of God out of your life to get you to walk away from Jesus, putting pressure on you to give up. But when you go in that very state, and when I go in that very state, and I shut my door in my prayer closet, and I go before God, and I said, Father, please remember this is important to your faith. I go before God. I say, God, I'm not bringing anything. I've got a naked hand here. I'm, I got nothing, but I am receiving your forgiveness and grace right now, and I'm going to take it. I believe you love me. I believe you love me, and I believe you died for me, and I'm not bringing anything. I thank you for forgiving me and setting things right in my life, and I'm just going to leave it there. And I put my faith in that. I can come out of that experience with God knowing that I'm completely forgiven and justified before God, and my righteousness is in good standing. Someone say amen. amen. Because we're accessing God's grace as a gift. He says in verse 27, then what becomes of boasting? I want you to remember this, and God forbid that I would ever boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me and I unto the world. What becomes of boasting? Write this down. It is excluded. It's gone. Folks, I had a tremendous week in God this week. I can't tell you all my stories. I got a bunch of them. I had a tremendous week in God, and I am telling you, my tremendous week in God, Charlie, was because of God's grace. Amen. Praise God. I'll take that, Michael. My tremendous week in God was because of God's grace on my life. I was accessing it. I was believing God for it. I was walking in God's grace this week, and so I can't boast about anything if I'm going to boast, i got to boast about what Jesus has done for me. How is our boasting excluded? By the law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is made right with God or justified before God apart from the works of the law. 
I want you to get this straight. If you're going to get a healing from God, you won't deserve it. You're going to get it by faith. If you're going to get a blessing from God, you're going to get it by faith. If you're going to be empowered by God to do something, you're going to get that empowerment by, by faith. If you're going to be faithful to Jesus, you're going to get that by walking in faith. If you're going to stay faithful in these last days when perilous times come, you're going to stay faithful because you walk by trust and faith in God. I know a lot of people, there's two kinds of righteousness. One kind of righteousness, you believe for it, and you're justified, and the other kind, you work for it. How many of you have ever tried to work for it? I'm meeting a few of us, right? You never tried to work for God's righteousness? I want to know, how much do you have to do until you've done enough to please God? Someone tell me, how much do you have to do? It's never, never enough. Yeah, we will try. But how much do you have to do? You can keep going. You'll go to God and you'll say, is that, it's never enough with your conscience, with your mind, because you know you'll fall short. You'll never do enough work in your own conscience to please God. And that's not how you're put right with God. Let me tell you, let me tell you how this righteousness by faith works. Turn over to Romans chapter 10. Are you guys with me? We're going to go somewhere. I'm going to talk about living this thing out. I'm going to talk about how it works. I heard a man say, I heard a preacher, and I agree with him. He said, when you understand this, when you really get this, righteousness as a gift, when you understand heart righteousness, you will do more for God by accident than you ever did for God before when you were striving to serve God. It's actually coming out from under the oppression of works and law that frees you to serve God. And that's clear in the word. Let's get into it. I'm going to start in chapter 9, verse 30. What sh help me, Lord. What shall we say then? Are you guys following me? Yes. I may launch into a sermon here in a minute, but I, I got to cover this material. I hope you're writing it down because when you get depressed or under oppression or you feel unworthy or you feel condemned or you feel like you're not good enough, I want you to remember this. I want you to be able to go to the throne of grace and take your righteousness. But Brother Brad, you don't know what I did. I'm telling you, Sister Susie, I'm not Sister Susie, Sister Genji, whatever, I'm telling you that you don't know what Jesus did. You don't know what Jesus did. He took that sin on the cross and he buried it as far from you as the east is to the west. You never have to answer for it. You never have to stand before God for it. He buried it and got the minute you said, Jesus, I believe in you. Wash me in the blood. That sin's gone and God will never bring it up again. Someone say amen. But you don't know what I did. No, you must not know what Jesus did. I don't, know, I, I don't know how many times I, I'll just shake and tell you, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He literally died for you. He's never going to let you go. He's never, Chuck, he's never going to let you go. Good times, bad times, never. I love Jesus. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is the righteousness that is by faith. But Israel, her pursue, who pursued a law of righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works, and they stumbled at Jesus. 
they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever what? Believes. Do you start by believing and then start working? Or do you just keep believing? I'm going to show you. You keep believing. Isn't that a song? Keep believing. No, no, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to sing. It starts by believing and it continues by believing. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, Israel, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, they are seeking to establish their own. And if you are seeking to establish your own righteousness before God, you're probably frustrated and depressed right now. Disappointed, struggling, and not at rest in your heart. Because you're still trying to prove yourself right before God. They did not submit to God's righteousness, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who what? Believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them, but the righteousness based on faith says this, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, and do not say uh, who will bring Christ down, or who will uh, raise up from the abyss. What does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and where is it at? It's in your heart. I want to talk about heart righteousness. That is the word of faith which we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Boom. By confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe, yeah. Yeah, I want to talk to you about how God explained this to me, Mike, something they don't understand this, but what about God gives you heart righteousness. At that point, God, and I wish I had time to go into the scriptures today, I don't, but God puts his spirit in you, the spirit of his son, God declares you forgiven, he declares you justified, he declares you righteous, he puts the, the spirit of God in you, and now you have heart righteousness. I want you to remember heart righteousness. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 8. You guys with me? It's always hard on a pastor to slow down and flip through the scriptures. And you guys like it when you get in the word like that? You dig in a little bit? You guys like it? Here's what God has done for you in Christ. He's done so much for us in Christ. Chapter 8, verse 10 of the book of Hebrews. And keep your finger in Romans. We're going back there. He says, this is the covenant that I will make, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. And you can go on. He says the exact same thing. In Hebrews 10, 16, the exact same thing. Here's what happens when you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe 
that God raised him from the dead. You're translated, I say this one all the time, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. But not only that, God puts his spirit in you and now his laws are in your heart. They're in there. And in fact, if you really have an encounter with God, it gets very hard to keep on sinning. Would someone say amen? Sinning becomes rough. Because actually at that point, with God's laws in your heart and in your mind, right, you have to walk against your new nature to sin. Let me say that again. You have to walk against who you really are to sin. The Word of God says you died to sin, that you're a new creation in Christ, that you're a new man, you no longer identify with Satan and his kingdom, you now our righteousness in God, and for you to sin, you actually have to walk against the nature that God put inside of you. How many of y'all, I brought this point up many times, how many of you all enjoy sinning now? God ruined me for sin. He ruined me for sin. I get no pleasure out of sin, only grief. It's against my nature. If I have a word with my wife. I bring this up all the time. I'm instantly convicted. Something inside of me said, that's not the way to go, Brad. If I get angry, we had a meeting with guys, Christian guys talking about anger this week. It's okay if you struggle with anger. There's mercy. God will give you mercy with that. But if you've been a Christian for 20 years, you should have done dealt with that anger. Someone say amen. You died to it. Believe it. You're dead. That's not who you are. You died to that angry spirit that you used to have, or you're not saved, or you're not saved. We have become new people in Christ, and we have an absolute new identity. Galatians 4, 6 says, as I said before, God put the spirit of Jesus in you. There's a, and, and we have to learn this. There's a new way of walking. There's a new way of talking. There's a new way of living and being now that you're the righteousness of God. Now, if this was a bunch of people that didn't know God, say no one here knew God, I could bring up the law and I could hammer you with the law. Honor your mom and dad. Tithe. Give to the poor. Forgive and you'd be under the thunder of the law because that's not your nature and you know it. And you know in your heart you're not right with God. And it's so hard as pastors now because in any church you'll have believers and non-believers. Believers need to know that they are under God's judgment. Someone say amen. They are. They are under God's wrath because they are in, the word says they're literally because of their nature, they're enemies with God. But in one moment of faith in Jesus Christ, they can have peace with God and they can walk with God and they can receive God's spirit and be just as right as you are. Someone say amen. It's true. Here's the problem. Circle this, flip over to Galatians chapter 3. If I could do a seminar, I'd break down these verses just one section at a time, but I don't have time. I get about 40 minutes a week to, to show you guys what the Lord's been talking to me about for you. Here's the problem right here. Paul lays it out in Galatians. This was my problem for a long time. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who's put a spell on you? Who has bewitched you? 
It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Someone answer me. How many got filled? We laid hands on you. You got filled with the Spirit or sometime in your life you've been filled with the Spirit. You know you have. Anybody? Me and Dina have. Okay, good. Couple. We'll get the rest of you filled soon. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? What does that mean to you? I'm asking you, when you're thinking, what does that mean to you? You began by the Spirit, Paul's saying, are you going to be perfected by the flesh? That tells me that the supernatural power that saved you is the supernatural power that you can walk in today. The righteousness that you have as a gift by God that was given to you, if you walk in faith, you can walk in that righteousness. Unless you try to become perfected in the flesh. Okay, let's keep reading. Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Never. Never. No one gets up here and says, I've done this, 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 and this. God's going to do miracles because I was good this week. You ever heard anybody say that? Doesn't happen, does it? It's gonna, he's going to be encouraging you to believe God. He's got to be encouraging you to believe the gospel, put your faith in God. And when you do, that's when the miracles come, when you put your trust in the Lord. Okay. Or by the hearing of faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. Know then this, those who have faith are the sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, you and I, by faith, Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with faithful Abraham. Okay. So Paul's telling them, guys, we started this thing by faith. And if we're going to grow in God and we're going to mature in God, we're going to continue this thing by faith, by believing God. I would say almost every issue you have regarding your heart, I know circumstances can come at you, bad and good. You can have all kinds of circumstances come in your life, okay? You can be walking in faith or not. You can have tons of positive, negative circumstances. That's not what I'm talking I'm talking about your, your heart with God and your walk with God. If we are believers and we're not walking at peace with God, if we're not attaining to victory in the Lord, at some level, we are not walking by faith. I'm talking about heart righteousness. I'm talking about who you are in Jesus. And I believe, probably most of you do, but I, I want to remind you with this. All you have to do, and this is what I've been doing lately, and it's been helping me so much when I feel the burdens. And, um, you know, I, I talked about the parable of the sower last week. You'll have people say things about you. It'll nag your heart, and you want to respond in the flesh. You may have trouble with a, a spouse, and it'll nag you, and you want to respond in the flesh. You'll have financial situations, and you'll want to respond in the flesh. Start worrying about it. You might have something come on your body. You don't feel, and you want to respond in the flesh. 
and start living out of your flesh. And, 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 and Satan's entire battle is to get you to step out of faith in God, step out of your confidence in Christ, your trust in Christ, in the grace of God, and he wants you to step into your flesh, either to act out of your flesh or to believe that maybe you need to do something else for God to love you and have pleasure with you. What I've been doing lately is I go in my prayer room. I want to encourage you to this. I go in my prayer room and I begin to declare what Jesus has done for me. Jeff, I declare, I say, Jesus, you are my righteousness. I stand in your righteousness. Jesus, you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, you will never leave me or forsake me. My friends may leave me, but you'll never leave me. Lord, I thank you that all judgment in my life has been put. And as I begin to speak what I really believe, victory rises in my soul. The victory of God. And it's always by faith. If I try to fight my way out of it, if I think I'm... Even there's useful... We need to be praying people and we need to fast and do all these things. But when I think I'm going to earn something and, and make the gospel true, somehow if I do enough, I immediately put myself out of God's blessing thinking that I have to do something else. In Romans 15, 13, Paul says that Christians have joy and peace in believing. And I want to submit to you today that your battle is always a faith battle, always. It's not a works battle, Chuck. It's always a faith battle. It's always believing what the Bible says about you, what, who the Bible says that you are, and what you can do. I heard a preacher say, I am who the Bible says I am, and I can do what the Bible says I can do. I don't know how many times that I've gone into a Walmart or a Dunkin' Donuts somewhere, I don't feel like anything, and I just say, Lord, I'm available, here I am. I don't feel like a Christian. I don't feel like anything. I just say, Lord, I'm, and I am amazed at how many times God meets me right there. Now, I'm going to give you, and I'm actually I'm surprised I'm ending my message. I must be coming up on 40 minutes. I'm going to give you something to do that will help you. Anybody have these struggles with uh, condemnation or sometimes not feeling worthy? Anybody? Come on now. Trials come at you, and, and the devil says, this is happening because you're no good. You've done something wrong. God doesn't love you. It works for everybody else, but it doesn't work for me. Anybody ever hear stuff like that? I'm going to give you something to do, and this is the secret, and it comes out of chapter 10 in Romans, and also 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. This is something you can do that will help you when you're feeling condemnation, when you're feeling pressure, when temptation is coming on you to do something that you shouldn't do, or God, you feel like God wants you to do more, and you're feeling weak and ineffective, and you want strength from God. I am suggesting that you begin to declare what the Bible says about you. 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul says, as we believe, therefore we speak. Right now, if you're a believer, you have heart righteousness with God. God's spirit is on the inside of you. 
God's law is on the inside of you. And if you go into this word and you begin to agree with God on what God says about you, the power of it will manifest in your life. If you agree with the devil, if you put yourself in agreement with the devil, then you're going to get devilish results. Right? You say things like, nothing ever works out for me. Anybody ever say that? Well, good luck with that. Nobody likes me. Something's just wrong with me. I can't seem to get it. When you put yourself in line with what the devil's saying about you, God has declared there are about 140 verses of scriptures in the New Testament. The Bible tells you who you are in Jesus. I am recommending to you, if you believe it, start speaking it out of your mouth. You go into your prayer closet and you take 2 Corinthians 5.21 and you say, God, according to your word, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Isn't that what it says? In, it's very important that you remember it's in Christ. Say it out of your mouth. Declare it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have access to God's grace because of what Jesus did. According to the word of God in Hebrews, I can go to God's throne room at any time, and I have access to God right now into his grace. You can begin to declare, I am a child of God. I am a son of God. God welcomes me into his presence. And this is a huge one. You can begin to, to declare, in despite of all my failures and weaknesses, God loves me. You got a temptation. You can declare, I died to that sin. That sin has no power over me. That's who I used to be. That's my old man. That's the old man I used to be, but I died to that person. I died to sin, according to Romans chapter 6. I am dead to sin. I dare somebody to say that. I am dead to sin. The Word of God says that I am. Not only that, I am alive to God. Not only that, God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I don't know what that triumph is going to look like. Paul was saying that when he was in jail. Paul was saying that when he was persecuted. But he said, God always causes me because I have heart righteousness before God. I always triumph in Jesus. You can begin to say, the Lord will never fail me and he will never forsake me. I am challenging you this week to begin to say what God says about you and see what, what happens because it is always what you believe that dictates the life that you live, always. It's your believer. When we have heart righteousness and we believe what God says, we walk after what God says. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Wouldn't it be something if we'd really become believers. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be something if you could put your head up when you go into Kroger tomorrow and say, I'm the righteousness of God. I have power in prayer. If I see somebody sick, I have power to pray for that person. I'm an encourager. 
I don't need to be encouraged. I got encouraged Sunday. I was encouraged in prayer this morning. I was encouraged when I was reading the Bible. I'm here to encourage somebody else. Amen. Wouldn't it be something? That's you. It can start today. It can start today if we begin to change what we believe and what we speak. I'm, I'm going to end it right here early. I'll seal this up with that, kind of summarize the prodigal son. This is what God thinks about us. We're always thinking, and I, this is where I know when we're, we're getting things off, we always think that our problem, many people think that their problem is God. God's their problem. It's weird that Christians would believe that because that's what you hear when you talk to people that don't know God out on the street. They always say, why did God do this to me? Or why did God, I talked to a guy, Joe, outside of Walmart Friday. I walked out, he's eating chicken, and I just stopped and talked to him. He told me all about his life. I said, you need prayer, don't you? You're hurting. He goes, no, I'm not anymore than anybody else. Talk to him longer. People don't always tell you right away. His wife had left him, took his kids. He's a man that's trying to be a Christian. It's amazing how people will blame God for their problems. I got done talking. His friend came to His friend didn't want anything to do with me, Eric. This guy's name was Joe. He, he left, and he, his friend came back to get him. When I got done talking to the guy, I, I prayed that he'd have grace to forgive what his wife had done to him. I wanted to encourage him that God wasn't his problem. God's his answer. And if he keeps his trust in God, that God, it, it, I don't know what's going to happen with his wife, but God's got him. I even believe God will take care of his family situation. I really do. And when he got in his car and, and I prayed for him, that man began to cry. Big guy. Big dude. Joe. That, about that big. He began to cry. Look at me. began to cry. People need good news, don't they? God is not your problem. The devil's your problem. Let's be honest, sometimes we're our own problem. Why go on believing a lie? Why not put your faith in the good news? Can you come up here, Isaiah? I don't know. I don't, y'all look pretty saved to me. I don't know, but maybe someone needs to do this. And just drum behind me. We're going to sing joy to the world. I, we're going to do something before we leave. God is not your problem. God is not sovereignly picking on you. How do you know, Brother Brad? Because God's not my problem. He's never been my problem. I've been my problem. I've been my own worst enemy. Amen, Mikey? I've been my own worst enemy or the devil lying to me and me believing the lies of the devil. That's my problem. The Bible says when that prodigal son was just coming down the alleyway. He was just coming down, and I feel it today. He was coming down the alleyway. The Bible says a long way off. He was a long way off from God. He had squandered everything that he had, every penny that he had. He, had, he lived with prostitutes. He was getting drunk. He spent all his inheritance. Gave it away like I did, like some of you did. And the Word of God says, the only time in the Bible where it says that God ran. I'm a runner. I run all the time. This is the only time in the Bible that it says that God ran. 
And God ran to his son. He said, son. He said, dad, I'm not even, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Anybody ever feel that way before God? I'm not even worthy to be called your son. I'll work in the pig pen, God. I'll work out. And God says, no, I'm not having anything to do with you working in a pig pen. I'm not having anything to do with you being a slave. No, no, no. Bring the best, bring, bring the robe of, bring my robe of righteousness and strap that robe on his back. I'm declaring this boy righteous because my boy was lost, but now he's home. And I am declaring him righteous. And he put a robe of righteousness on him. He put some gospel, the gospel of peace on his feet, gave him some shoes, and he gave him back his authority, put a ring on him. He said, son, you got my authority again. You can wear my ring. I'm giving you my authority. You've got my righteousness. He said, go get the best. Go you go find that best cow. You go find that best calf. And you offer and you give that. We're going to have a party for my boy because he was lost. And there wasn't one ounce of condemnation in God toward his son, was there? It was love. That is how God is with all of humanity. Not a soul out there, if you take a step toward God, that God won't run to you and throw that robe of righteousness. He'll cover you. Maybe your older brother won't cover you. Maybe sister so-and-so won't cover you but God will cover you and he'll invite you in we're going to see a lot of crazy sinners get saved people crazy sinners when they come in the door we're going to love them amen I mean crazy sinners we're going to see them get saved and we're going to love them to righteousness every eye closed every head bowed if that's you all I'm asking you is this is all I'm asking you for honesty if you do not have the gift of righteousness and you want it today. Maybe you've walked away from the Lord. Maybe you've never had it. But you do not have the gift of righteousness. If you will raise your hand, I will pray for you right now.